Working families in San Diego are bracing for distance learning at K-12 schools to start next week. With the pandemic still raging, most students in the region will be logging on rather than sitting in classrooms. That means many parents will now have to juggle their jobs with overseeing their children's studies. Reporter Philip Molnar recently reached out to local economists to find out whether this could result in many people dropping out of the workforce. I'm Joshua Emerson-Smith, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Bill, great to have you on again. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, so yeah, is, so, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. This is part of your ongoing Econometer series, right? Why don't you just like start off by explaining what it is? Right, so the Econometer has been going on now for about 10 years at our paper. It was started by reporter Roger Scholey and editor Diana McCabe, who came up with the idea. And basically what it is, is I ask the same 12 people a question every week. So some people might say, hey, this isn't, um, some criticism I've heard of it is that this sort of series isn't representative of San Diego as a whole. But respectively saying, it's not supposed to be. It's six economists, six business owners, or CEOs or business leaders. And we sort of just ask them a question every week. And from there, we decide, you know, we get different answers. And a lot of times, me, you know, what I'll say is, I'm a millennial and I have a lot of student loan debt. And these are topics that come up a lot. I might right. ask something about millennials or something about student and Sometimes even I don't like the answers coming in, but I think there's a lot of value in just knowing what the business community is thinking because it helps like impact and affect all of us. So. Okay. So that's the Econometer. And what was this week's question? So this week's question was, we took your story, Joshua Emerson Smith, about you know, uh, how you're going to take a bit of, just sum it all down. You're going to take a pay cut, but keep your job just to take 12 weeks off to help your family uh, because the work from home with your children was getting quite difficult, especially when it came to schooling. Did I get that correct? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should just like kind of quickly summarize my hard knock life here. Um, Basically, back to you, Josh. Tell us what happened. (laughs) So basically, there's a federal program that it goes through December where you can take 12 weeks of take 12 weeks of emergency family leave at two thirds of your pay if your kids are distance learning. And so that's what I'm gonna do. Both me and my wife work and we don't really have a lot of other options. We feel actually pretty privileged that we can, we can scrape by on two thirds of my pay during this time. Uh, but so yeah, this is basically a situation a lot of people are in and we're saying, okay, so, are they going to drop out of the workforce? You know, are people like me going to just, and actually I should say, you know, at one point me and my, this is in the story, you know, me and my wife were talking about, especially when the unemployment benefits came with the extra 600, we were like, well, maybe you should just quit your job. I mean, that's how bad it got. Mm-hmm. So, what, so what did the experts say? Are people going to drop out of the, the rat race? Yes, apparently. I was quite surprised So we asked them the question specifically, will workers increasingly leave the workforce if schools stay closed? So it sort of summed it all up. And no no offense to your personal situation, but my thoughts originally were the answers were going to come out and say something to the effect of, well, this is a luxury that almost nobody has. No one's going to take a pay cut and leave the workforce because, you know, life is tough out there and that'd be crazy. Right. I was surprised. Only one person said no. Everyone said yes. And I'll tell you, the person that said no was Ray Major, uh, the economist over at SANDAG, San Diego Association of Governments. 
Right. And what he, he said was, no, school closures will increasingly put pressure on parents to become more involved in their child's education. Some parents will hire tutors or work in pods to find other ways to support distance learning. The most affected may be single parents and or those who have young kids or multiple kids in school. Only a small percentage of parents with no other options will be able to take advantage of the family's first coronavirus response act because of the financial limitations of the program. And that's the program that you're using. Right. So he, he was citing that specifically. But what I will say is uh, what I got from everybody else was different. Everybody else said, yes, we are going to see people leaving the workforce. And, you know, there's so many people that can't consider leaving their jobs. Uh, Reginald Jones, he's the CEO of the Jacob Center for Neighborhood Intervention. And, you know, it talks about, you know, parents are already relying on relatives and doing all sorts of other different things right now to get by. But it's even if they're not using that program or they don't qualify, you know, for the Families First Response Act, a lot of them are envisioning workers leaving the workforce, just just quitting their jobs, even if they don't get some sort of benefit, because it's sort of unsustainable. Single family households might not have as many options, but definitely if there's a two parent home situation, I think this is going through a lot of people's heads right now. Yeah, so I think we should kind of like lay out the different situations. It seems like there are some folks who are essential workers or maybe um, a little bit lower on the income spectrum where they they maybe they can't afford the two thirds pay cut or they have to go into work. And I know a lot of those folks have been, and I can't even imagine this situation. It sounds so rough, but they're basically like relying on daycare situations, right? Where then they like, drop their kids at daycare. Apparently they're just hoping their kids can distance learn at daycare. And then they go to their job, maybe working at a grocery store or something like that. That sounds, I mean, my heart goes out to those folks. Now there's other folks, right? Where two parents are working. One might be considering dropping out of the workforce, taking the family leave. And that's the situation that I'm in. And the thing that kind of uh, surprised or was interesting to me when I looked at all the responses in the Econometer was that everyone kind of said, yeah, if this goes on too long, then yes, definitely we're going to see people dropping out, right? So if, if schools go back in session in October, right, or maybe November, maybe we can hold on. But if it, it drags out and we're still back in January, in January, people are still having to distance learn, we could really see people starting to drop out. And we should mention that at that point, the family leave program would expire. So, I mean, it really, people are facing a tough, a tough situation. Another thing I wanted to ask you about was the economists all said that this could be really bad for the, for the overall economy, right? If people start dropping out, like what are the reverberations here? Well, you know, one of them for the, for the long, if we're going to look really, really long-term, a lot of people mentioned this, which I didn't really think about at the time, but sort of kids that aren't able to complete because of distance learning and falling behind a year. Obviously, that will impact the workforce way longer on. But then we also look at like sort of different things where the low income parents are the ones with the fewest options in this situation. Right. It, it's bad for parents all over. But the idea is, and a few of them mentioned this as well, is even though lower income parents will be less able to quit their jobs, there's a chance that will be happening more and more. 
And that will mean more, they need more services from the city, the state, whatever federal benefits are available. So that will also be, unfortunately, a drag on the economy. It's better for the economy if these people are working. There's a lot of different things like that going on right now. So, I mean, those are those are two sort of bigger ones, I guess I can look at. But um, there, there was a lot of different answers. And, you know, one of the things that I found sort of interesting, which another thing I didn't really consider, but this idea that parents right now that are job searching, say if they're, they could be an essential worker right now. You mentioned at a grocery store or something like that, where they're dropping kids off at daycare. What a lot of uh, the experts tell us is that these people right now, <laughs> more than likely, they are looking for jobs where they can actually telecommute. Whatever right. job it is, even if it's a pay cut, they need that job where they can work from home. <clears throat> Although, as you found, even having that isn't exactly uh, <laughs> the best case scenario, but it's still better than, I don't know, just leaving your kid at, if daycares are closed, I mean, just there's so few options if you're an essential worker without working from home. Yeah, and we yeah, should mention the time, time survey that said that more than half of the parents who are working from home will also be trying to juggle the distance learning with their kids. I, I honestly, I don't know how people are going to do it with young kids. Like I have young kids and the idea of trying to get them to do their schoolwork and even just like watch them. It's, it's just like, it's a full-time job. It's crazy. Now, if both yeah. me and my wife were going to work from home, because my, my wife actually has to go back into the office or employer is making her do that. If it was both of us, We'd probably try to teach them and work from home at the same time, but holy moly, what? <laughs> that would be so intense. And I could just imagine people now saying, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. We're both, we can both uh, telecommute, right? We can both work from home and we can teach the kids or the kid, but I could see it getting old really quickly. I could see a month going by, two months going by and people being like, wow, it's not working. My kid's not learning. Kids not learning to read or, or do math. And then we could really start seeing people drop out of the workforce. And I think that's what a lot of those economists were saying. Depends on how yeah. we're And, you know, they sort of alluded to it in a lot of their answers. And I know, I know a lot of them personally, so I know maybe a little bit more of what they're getting at or hinting at is that, you know, they talk about the economy really suffering if all these parents don't go back into the workforce. And part of that goes back to right now you saw – some record, it's been in the last couple hours, so I haven't double checked, but in the last day, we had record closes on the stock market. You know, things are pumping up. People are putting a lot of money. There's a lot of optimism in coming out of this crisis. But with a lot of analysts and different researchers I talked to for my stories, because I've done like a million um, economy stories on COVID, is this idea that, okay, some people have faith in the stock market right now. They think the economy is coming back. But I think the real test, what they say is the real test is going to be how quick can we start to get those millions of people that are unemployed back into the workforce? Yeah. So, and a huge part of that, a gigantic part of that is working parents. The, the biggest working group in our economy right now is millennials. So, I mean, those are young families, two-parent households. Like if you really want to see the economy start getting back to what it was at before or <laughs> to at least somewhat normal, everyone needs to start going back to work. It's not going to look the same if everybody's sitting at home. And a huge, huge portion of that is 
people that are married with kids or if they're not married, they have kids. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. that's going to be, that's what we're all kind of watching, I guess, economists and analysts and people that watch this is because for long-term recovery, you need people going back to work. Now, something that's occurred to me, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I figure I'd throw it out there. It seems like a big piece of this equation is that a lot of people don't have access to extended family. Now, some some people I know are hiring tutors, especially for older kids. You know, if you can get the tutor or some kind of nanny situation, that can Mm -hmm. help. But it seems like a lot of people these days don't have family nearby. In fact, in that New York Times survey, I think it said six out of seven people have of these working families have no help. Is, is this like a symptom of modern society where we have to move all over the map to get jobs? I mean, I know for us, like all of our families, like up in the Bay Area or the Central Valley up in NorCal, I mean, if maybe they were closer by, it would be an easier situation for us. Do you know anything about that? Well, I know anecdotally, and it comes up sometimes in my reporting is sometimes it's funny and it's a joke we all have. Um, I'm not from San Diego originally, although I've been here almost five years now is that it seems like everybody you meet in San Diego is from somewhere else. Yeah. I'm really sorry to all the San Diego natives. Whenever I, you know, I have a ton of friends now that are San Diego natives, but definitely for the first year or two, it's just like you get in a room with a bunch of new friends and everyone just asks, where are you from? Yeah. So th- this is, a, um, you know, one thing before COVID is San Diego was great for jobs, particularly high skilled jobs. So there was a lot of reason to move here. We had, we had a one of the lowest, even though, it seemed like everybody was booming during the last couple of years. San Diego was really booming, adding like 30,000 jobs a year, unemployment rate south of 3% a lot of the times. Right. So it was a great place to move for jobs. Um, so there's a lot of reason to suspect that San Diego um, has more people that don't have those built-in relationships with a lot of family around. And secondly, this is a thing I keep hearing as well, but this kind of goes back to more of some of my other reporting not tied to economy, but there are a lot of people that live in San Diego that have a lot of ties to Mexico. And right now crossing the border is extremely difficult, uh, even yeah. f- even for essential workers that have jobs. And, and the card that says you can come work here in San Diego every day, it's even tough for them. Right. So it's it's tough to get your grandma or grandpa that might live in Tijuana over the border and come and watch your kids in Chula Vista. I mean, it's just it's just something I'm hearing. I haven't seen a big full scale study on that. But, yeah, that's another thing to consider. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, what you were saying about San Diego having a lot of transplants, that d- definitely seems anecdotally right to me. And one of your recent stories about people moving back from the Bay Area was a great example of that. I mean, you might think that the cost of living here is high, but I mean, for coastal California, San Diego's got to be one of the most, you know, affordable places to live, right? I mean, I couldn't yeah. that couple that you wrote about. I mean, they were two good tech paying jobs and they were living in Richmond, California. I don't know if you've ever been to Richmond, <laughs> but it, it can be rough there, you know? I mean, it's got a huge Chevron refinery. I mean... The fact that they were like living there and then they had to move back to San Diego to get a, a home says a lot. I know the, if any of you readers happen to see that the Bay area story, that went that story went gangbusters. Yeah. Um, because what happened was it was a story about, there is a couple from San Diego that are in the tech industry 
And what they did was they left San Diego about five years ago to make it big in San Francisco, you know, right. or, you know, make their riches. Right. Just like one is supposed to do in your 30s or 40s. Exactly. Uh, apparently we screwed up, though. But, you know, um, anyways, so they went up there and they got these super high paying jobs and they're doing great in their field, getting promotions, doing doing great. But, yeah, they they their income, which seemed really high down here. And they asked me not to put it in the paper, so I didn't say, but they're doing really well. And they couldn't afford ever to own a home in San Francisco Bay Area. And the second thing was they have a lot of family in San Diego and Tijuana. And they said, well, also our family could never move there to be with us. Yeah, That was a secondary, that was a secondary factor. So basically, they both have been assigned to work from home. And the next thing you know, uh, they said, well, hey, why don't we just move back to San Diego if we can? And so they both individually asked their employers, hey, can we just move to San Diego and still do our job from home? And luckily for both of them, both of their employers said yes. They said, we're out of here. And they came down to Chula Vista and they bought a five-bedroom home in Chula Vista for $655,000 around that. And uh, (laughs) it's crazy because just to give you – so they bought it. Oh, man. Okay. So around the time they were looking or it went into escrow, it would have been around June. At the time, the median home price in San Diego County was 590000 And that's compared to $1.4 million in San Francisco. <laughs> so, um, of course, I wouldn't expect them to buy a home in San Francisco. It's just too crazy. But they might have even bought in that surrounding area and even in the surrounding area, San Diego is a deal comparatively. You sure. can actually see, yeah, it's well, this it's is where it's at. I think. Have you ever been downtown Chula Vista? You live there, right? I live. At, I'm, I'm broadcasting live from Chula Vista right now. Chula Vista is great. It's a deal, man, and I feel like it's really up and coming. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We've we've reported a lot on the paper about it, and it gives me a special perspective because it is it's wild because. Sometimes it feels weird because a lot of the, a lot of you reporting about Sandeg, where they're extending the train and all this stuff. And it, it it feels so much like I'm in the Otai Ranch area, which has built something like, uh, I think, like around 16,000 homes now with another 18,000 more to go, something like that. Right. It's in my stories, whatever the correct number is. I can't remember. But back before COVID, it'd be around like 9 a.m. in the morning, you know, or 8 a.m., 7 a.m., and the whole place clears out and goes to work. And it's so crazy how it's like, this is our entire workforce. It feels like there's this just Southern, like, oh yeah, all up there. And um, you can see that with traffic patterns. I mean, I know people work in North County and stuff, but yeah, Chula Vista is actually, strangely enough, especially Otay Ranch, is one of the few places you can still buy a new home, like a townhouse for around 400000 Uh, You're not going to really get that anywhere in coastal California, maybe in Riverside County, San Bernardino, but definitely not in Orange County or Los Angeles County. So it's one of the last places. And, um, you know, this is the most diverse place I've ever lived in my life. And I've lived a lot of places and there are every different walk of life just within like a few blocks radius. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's good. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just... I've never experienced something like that in my life. And I've lived a lot of places. So just to wrap it up, to bring it back full circle, basically to put a bow on it, 
maybe more people will be dropping out of the workforce depending on how long schools go distance learning. And we know that if we keep our infection rates where they're at, I guess all schools will be able to open September 1st, but that doesn't mean that these schools will. I know my school mm -hmm. talked about maybe we'll open in October, you know, but we'll, we'll have to see. I think there's also a concern that schools could open, then we could see outbreaks in classrooms, you know, just like we did at restaurants and bars, and then everything could get shut down again. So this is going to be something to keep our eye on. It could be really bad for the economy if we can't figure this out. Yeah, definitely. And of course, you know, one thing I kind of forgot to mention is uh, we talk a lot. There's been a lot of talk of productivity uh, while workers are oh. staying at home. <laughs> and, um, you know, if, say, San Diego, a lot of San Diego stay-at-home workers, you know, another factor that's not exactly tracked that much right now, but I hear a lot of people talking about it is just how productive are those workers with with good riddance. I mean, you got to watch your kids. So, I mean, what's going to happen? You know, are you going to file that report on time or are you going to help them with their math homework? I mean, it's a really impossible situation. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But a huge factor here in San Diego County, I think, is going to be those schools. And ever since the beginning of this pandemic and the schools closed, all these economists, all these business leaders, like it all comes down to the schools. It all comes down to the schools. And uh, we're starting to see more of that. Yeah, because I think people think of the schools, they don't realize how much that really is childcare, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. childcare for a lot of people, especially because now you have so many people where both parents are working. It's just indispensable. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the other thing too, that it is, it is basically childcare. So we'll have to wait and see. You know, I think someone in our comments is even saying they have their own project, <laughs> their own oh, yeah. thing to, to help people. So maybe, you know, there, you know, I think humankind's been pretty resilient. So maybe there will be, you know, more people who do these sort of pod systems or businesses to crop up to help with kids. Well, the price of the is crazy. It's like, you know, $50 an hour. So like the folks I know, yeah. they're, they're trying to get multiple kids together with one tutor because it's so expensive. So I don't know, a lot of things, a lot of balls in the air to juggle but anyway that was great thank you phil thank um, you for having me we'll pick it up again all That's right see ya later